Hello, and welcome to Take It in Stride podcast. I am your host, Adrian Jezik. Here we get to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable. I'm going to get really vulnerable with you, and you are welcome to get vulnerable with me. The reason that I started this podcast is because I am going through all kinds of new territory, and I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not alone out there. So for those of you listening who are going through some extreme personal growth or discomfort through growth and growth through the discomfort, um, know that you are not alone. We are in this together. So my discomfort started <laughs> at birth, right? <laughs> we're all we're all uncomfortable at some point in time, but um, the real discomfort for me started about six years ago. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And as I was going through this diagnosis, I was also getting other diagnoses, such as eosinophilic esophagitis and urticaria. I had doctors that were interested in diagnosing me with fibromyalgia, and I refused to listen. At that point in time, I basically just stopped going to additional appointments. Part of the reason is because they all want to put you on medication, right? And all medications have side effects. Some of them are pretty negative. And then it becomes really difficult to know, are the things that you're experiencing, or for me, were the things that I was experiencing side effects, symptoms, or otherwise? And here I want to talk about the otherwise, because I believe we are the stories that we tell ourselves. And at the time, some of the stories I was telling myself were about the stressful and traumatic life that I was living. And it wasn't through any fault of my own or wasn't a victim of circumstance. It just so happened that I'd lived, in, I'd, lived, I'd lived a lifetime of trauma. My entire life up until that point, I was operating in a constant state of trauma. And as a result of this, the body eventually breaks down. If we are constantly in a heightened, traumatic, stressful state, and all we're doing is producing feelings and responses and reactions because of that heightened trauma and stressful state, then eventually our bodies physically will retaliate against us. They will no longer want to operate at full function and form. And I think it was a combination of things. Um, it wasn't just coming from a traumatic childhood, it was carrying those lessons with me and carrying that trauma state throughout my adulthood. So I have a lot of theories on where it all began and how it all started, but none of those can actually ever get answers, right? We don't know where did the illness come from. I can ask myself a hundred questions. I can look over my past. I can provide judgment on myself or others or circumstances that can get me to conclusions that will never be able to be proven about how, when, and where I got sick. But what I do know is when I decided to get well. And it started with diet and started by changing to a low inflammation diet. That was a huge part of me taking ownership of my life and my health and my mental state. But the real catapult launch came from my very first ice bath. And at that point, 
I was nearly 50 pounds overweight. I was on more than 20 medications, vitamins, and supplements in a daily regimen. I was taking enzymes to digest food. I was taking pills to cover symptoms from other pills. I was lost in the sauce of treatment therapy. And it wasn't just from my medical doctors. It was also from the naturopath and the natural healing remedies that I was seeking. There's a vitamin for everything. There's a supplement for everything. There is a tiny little pill, sometimes very large pill, that you can take to mask or band-aid symptoms. But what the real crew of it is that you can mask or band-aid your symptoms, but if you don't treat the root problem, the symptoms will never fully go away, so you'll forever be treating them. And I wanted to get to the root problem, but I didn't know what the root problem was. And so at this point, and this would be about two years ago, I was at my wit's end. I was vastly overweight. I was vastly overmedicated. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was in pain all the time. I was miserable. I was completely emotionally dysregulated. And it was really costing me in life. It was costing me relationships, not just friendships, but also it was hurting my relationship with my husband and my two stepchildren. It was hurting my relationships with those I cared about, but it was also hurting my relationship with myself. And so because I was at my wit's end and I was willing to try anything, I thought, why not jump in an ice bath? Like, what could it hurt, right? And I hated the cold. I grew up in Florida. I lived in Hawaii. I'm a tropical gal. I've now lived in Phoenix, Arizona for 16 years and summertime is my favorite time. I know it gets up to 120 degrees. I get that. I love it. I love the heat. I've always been able to reconcile my emotions with the heat, but with the cold, that was a different story. Anything below 70 degrees, then I couldn't function. You know, you go out to a restaurant, you're trying to enjoy a nice meal, but it's cold, like, especially in Arizona. They keep the restaurants about 50 to 60 degrees colder, 50 to 60 degrees colder than, than the outside temperature. And so sometimes I would go inside and sit down to eat a meal, and I'd be so cold at only 70, 75 degrees that I couldn't function. I couldn't eat. I couldn't focus on the conversation. The only thing I could focus on was my freezing, shivering body. And it would make me angry because I would have an emotional response to this temperature change. So I tell you that because I did not expect to like the cold. I was begrudgingly trying literally anything that I could to make myself feel better at a time when I didn't know how to make myself feel better. And my very first ice bath lasted about nine seconds. <laughs> I, I hovered over the tub, put my hands up on either side. I put my feet up on either side and I couldn't imagine willingly stepping into the water at that time. So I dropped my body in and I stayed underwater and I held my breath in this freezing cold water and it lasted about nine seconds. 
So when I got out, I leapt out, I freaked out, I shook it out, I continued to freak out, but I felt amazing. And I felt amazing for the very first time in years. I felt alive. I felt invigorated. I felt empowered. I was also very surprised because I did it, but I was also surprised because I liked it and I wanted to get back in and I didn't get back in that day. I waited about a week, but I did it again and again and again and only about once a week because in Arizona, even in October and November, it gets hot enough to melt your 200 pounds of ice rather quickly. Only took about one to two hours to bring that water back to a warmer state with only four of us doing plunges at the time. But one of the things that I noticed was I was developing an anxiety about getting into the ice. So even though I knew it felt good, even though I knew how I felt afterward, I was really struggling with just getting in. And I tried. There's a breathing method out there that's a very high energy, hyperventilative style breathing method to help prepare you to get into the cold. And I tried that. And it's a beautiful breathing method. And it helped me a lot um, just to feel better and to get out of my mind and to bring oxygen into the body and to challenge myself physically and mentally. But that type of hyperventilated breathing contributed to the anxiety that I was feeling about getting into the ice. And so one day as I was standing next to the ice tub, I was looking at it. I was struggling with my internal story. My business partner suggested that I just step right in. He says, what if you just stepped in up to the knees? And what if when you got to the knees, you just sat down. Well, as he started talking, I was already stepping into the ice. And before he said knees, I was already sitting down. And then I chose just to breathe. I knew I had done it before. I knew that I could do it. I just didn't know quite what it looked like yet. So I sat in the ice water and I breathed. And I don't know how long that ice bath lasted. I know it was my longest yet. I wasn't quite timing myself fully at that time. But I stayed in longer. And when I stepped out, I wasn't freaking out. I wasn't shaking it out. I was embracing it. I was embracing the cold. I was embracing the calm. And the first thing I told myself as I was sitting in that water and finding a meditative focus was, this is what cold feels like. I knew what hot felt like. I could reconcile my emotion to that. But this was new. This was a different experience even than going skiing or snowboarding or playing in the snow. This was different. This was freezing cold water. This was 32 degree water that once submerged, my fight or flight response was telling me to get the heck 
out. And I didn't. And I realized that day that there's a different method of getting into the ice. It doesn't have to be hyperventilative breathing. It doesn't have to be a competition with yourself or those around you. You don't have to hype yourself up for it. I didn't have to hype myself up to get into the ice. I could calmly, mindfully, with full intention, step in, sit down, and embrace the feeling of cold. And once I started doing this, I realized that my meditative focus became a lot stronger while sitting in the ice. When I met the cold with calm, grace, and stoicism, it really began to show me the gifts that it could provide. The first gift I noticed, and this is after my very first nine-second ice bath, was relief. Mental relief because I felt empowered for the first time in a long time, but also physical relief in a way that I hadn't felt in years. I no longer had pain. And the pain that I experienced at my worst was really severe leg pain. I mean, my my legs would feel like they had just been pummeled with a sledgehammer to the point where pushing on a gas pedal while driving was excruciating. Or just lying down in bed with my four-inch memory foam and all my blankets and pillows still felt painful. I didn't have to do anything, and my legs constantly throbbed. And it could have been the extra weight that I was carrying around, and it could have been all the inflammation that was in my system, and I can speculate about all the things that could have caused it. But what I knew for certain was that the ice was starting to cure it. So that's why from my very first ice bath I was hooked. I felt immediate results. I felt immediate results mentally, and I felt immediate results physically. And at that point, I would, I would stay in a nice bath for half an hour if that's what it took to get rid of that pain. And I didn't notice right away, but it was having really profound effects on my mental stability and my emotional stability. Scott Carney, in his book, What Doesn't Kill Us Makes Us Stronger, he writes about it, and he calls it the wedge. And this is that space in between our fight-or-flight response and how we're reacting to it. So when we find a way to breathe through the cold and we breathe through that fight-or-flight response, we're creating that space between what he refers to as the wedge. We're creating that space between whatever is going on in our life, which for me at the time was the fight-or-flight response and the cold, and our reaction to it. And if you can learn to breathe through the cold, if you can master your breath through the cold, you can master your mind through your life. Because that's what these tools are teaching you. When you choose to breathe, Instead of physically react, you're choosing to pause. And I was creating a filter and a pause where there'd never been one before. 
I've never been the type of person to stop and think about what I say before I say it. I would just say it. And it was something I struggled with because sometimes that can be very hurtful or embarrassing. And I was learning at this time through this brand new cold practice that these effects were carrying me. These, these tools I was learning by sitting in the cold and breathing through the cold were carrying me through other avenues of my life. And in that first year of cold water immersion, we were only doing it about once a week or once every other week, every other week. And that's because we had to buy so much ice every time. And it's not even about the cost, right? Because at this point I was spending so much money on medications and treatments and alternative medications and vitamins and supplements and stuff that it wasn't so much about the cost. It was about the, the labor, the waste of the plastic bags, because those ice bags are not recyclable. But I knew I needed this in my life. I knew that I was getting such drastic changes that it was something I had to have more of. And I joke now that once you're in the ice, you're an instant ice addict, but it's because those effects are so immediate. Those, those, the effects of going through that process are so profound. You can't walk away from it. You can't ignore it. You could try to, I'm sure certain people have, but I couldn't walk away or ignore the changes that were going on inside of me. And they were largely mental. They were largely mental and emotional. My husband, Jason Stoffer, who helped create the Marotsko Forge cold tub, says that the reason that the ice changes your body is because the first thing it changes is your mind about what you're going through. And I think he's onto something there because my mind was changing. The way I was reacting to things, the way I was processing, the way I was even going through my day-to-day -day life was changing. And, and a big part of it was the reduction in pain, but there was more to it than that. And I didn't understand it fully at the time. Even reading Scott Carney's book, I didn't fully, fully grasp it yet. So my husband and our business partner started developing some prototypes and seeing what they could do to try and make us all some type of device that could give us this cold as often as we needed it because we also couldn't go around and purchase big commercial restaurant style industrial ice makers. We also didn't all live in the same house. So even if one of us purchased the ice maker, the other two still needed it. And so after some searching online for some sort of ice tub, we didn't find one. They made one, which is really outstanding because by the time we had a prototype, we could take as many ice baths as we wanted, as often as we wanted. And that was really exciting. And that was about a year ago when I was able to first really start to take regular, frequent ice baths. So now my goal is to get in at least once a day, bare minimum once a day, but it doesn't always happen. We travel a lot. 
And with that travel, um, often we're traveling with an ice, excuse me, with an ice bath, but sometimes we're not traveling with the ice bath and um, it's a little harder to get to that cold. And other times, you know, we're building ice baths for people, so we don't have one set up. Luckily, we have a local wellness center that has one, and so I can go use that as often as I want. But you know what that's like, leaving the house, going to do the things, seeing the people, doing the socializing. And then they close for lunch, and lunch is about my best time to get over there. But the point is, when I started doing regular cold water immersion practice, is when the real benefits started to kick in. So this is about a year ago. It is now October 2019. And about a year ago, that's when I started regular practice. The first thing I noticed was drastic changes in emotional regulation. So, like I said, I had a real foot in the mouth disease. I had no filter. Oftentimes, I would speak all the time. I would speak without thinking first. I've read a lot of books on like how to correct that. I've, I've been in dialectical behavioral therapy for a decade now. I, I know there are tools. And, you know, pause before you speak. Take a deep breath. I hadn't quite figured out how to enact that until I started to breathe through the cold and the ice. And... Once I was doing it regularly, I noticed I was pulling that practice into daily life. So things that would normally upset me or things I would normally consider myself to be very reactive to, I simply wasn't. I could take a moment to process what it was that was going on. So whatever the thing was that was happening. And it no longer felt like the thing was happening to me right? We go throughout our days, we have these experiences. Why'd that person do this to me? Why'd that person cut me off? Or why is that lady in the cashier line so rude to me? And I started to realize these things are not about me. These circumstances or these, these things that happen in life are not about me. What's about me is my reaction to these things that happen in life or these circumstances. And I was no longer reacting. Wow. Calm. Mindfulness. Intention. Out of the ice. I'd heard about it. I knew it was possible. I just hadn't done it yet. But I was starting to. And as I was starting to do that, I was also developing a more intentional practice of the way that I was getting into the ice. So I was finding this peace and finding this calm before I stepped foot in the water. And when I realized that benefit to me, and I started sharing this experience with other people, I also started sharing that method. And it was powerful. It changed me. It changed me on a physiological level. That's what it does. It smooths over hardwired pathways of trauma in the brain and it creates thousands of new ones from a calm and a meditative state. So as putting my body through an intentional trauma as often as I could 
and finding ways to react to it with only calm intention and mindfulness. So it was definitely had an effect on me physically at first, starting to notice the emotional and mental benefits, but then it continued because I felt stronger and I felt more empowered. And I started to remove the vitamins and the supplements from my diet because I didn't think I needed them. And I really hated taking them. It was hard for my body to process pills. It was hard for me to swallow them. I never fully felt well by taking any of these vitamins and supplements or pills or anything like that. So I started to eliminate. And the first thing to go was the vitamins and supplements because they weren't prescribed. They weren't required to keep me alive at the time, which is what I thought I was going through, which is these chronic illnesses that have no cures and no answers. And you, know, you, you just get diagnosed and you live with them, right? Well, that's wrong. You don't have to. I didn't have to. And at the very least, I was going to find out if I had to. So I eliminated the vitamins and supplements and lo and behold, weight started coming off. Now, mind you, at this point, I had been two years, a year and a half into a low inflammation diet. So I was very heavy on the vegetables. Definitely have protein. Cannot I cannot live without red meat. I won't live without red meat. I'm going to find more. I'm working on finding more economically sustainable sources for my red meat, but when I got diagnosed with illness, my doctor specifically said start eating meat again because at the time I was pescatarian. So I'd eat fish and seafood, but never red meat, never chicken. And so I immediately went back. No regrets. Steak for days. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I eliminated the vitamins and supplements and the weight started coming off. And that was empowering. I didn't feel like I was doing anything different. You know, I've never been one to like super work out, but I'm a pretty active person. But I don't, I don't hit the gym. I don't, I don't go do that. And I kept doing the ice and kept working to eliminate more medications. Eliminated Prilosec. That was really huge. Took about three months to wean myself off of that. And you know, you're not supposed to be on that more than three months, but... At that time, I'd been on it for five years because eosinophilic esophagitis is a gastrointestinal disease and severe heartburn is like the number one symptom. So when I got off of Prilosec and I still felt really great and I was still losing the weight, I really knew I was onto something. And I just kept going. And it was changing me. The ice was changing my brain. It was removing inflammation from my body. And it was empowering me mentally. So I kept going on this journey and I developed a cold coaching method called the Morosco method in order to help introduce people to the cold through calm and mindfulness. So now here I sit a year after beginning my regular practice, I take one pill a day for my allergies, tiny little Zyrtec, 
the smallest one they'll give me, 10, 10 milligrams or whatever it is. And I get two allergy shots a month, two live antibody Zolaire allergy shots a month. So that's next on my list, but from a year ago at over 20 medications, vitamins and supplements to now one little pill, two tiny shots, and the weight loss continued to come. So that now I'm down to 130 pounds. So I've lost a total of 47 pounds. I'm an emotionally regulated person. I still experience depression. I still experience anxiety. I believe we all do in some way, shape or form at times. But I think it's how we respond to that, what we do with that, that matters. There are still times when I experience emotional dysregulation and it can be extreme. So, you know, I'm crying, can't form a thought, don't know what I'm really upset about, but I'm really upset, can't communicate, at least not doing a good job of communicating. I have been in that headspace and stripped down and put myself in an ice bath. A, because I can, and B, because after about three or four minutes in the ice, I didn't even know what I was upset about anymore, but I wasn't upset anymore. And I got that nice boost of norepinephrine and dopamine after about 30 seconds in, and I found that calm after about a minute, and I held onto it hard after minute two and minute three and let it all go. And so when I stepped out of the ice after four minutes, I was no longer emotionally dysregulated. And I still didn't have the answers to what I was looking for before, but I put myself in a different headspace. I felt different. I no longer cared about whatever it was I was struggling with before. I knew I could go back and visit that later with a clear head, but the most important thing was that I had a tool to make me feel better. And it didn't come from a pill. And it didn't come from a bottle. And it didn't come from a drug. It came from the most natural possible substance we can find. And that's water. We just made it really freaking cold. So long round story short, the ice has changed my life. The ice has given me the power to take my life back. And now it is my personal mission in life to share the healing benefits of the cold with as many people as possible. And what that means is what I'm going to share with you on this podcast is going to be intimate, vulnerable, and authentic. It's going to be about my journey. It's going to be about the things I'm still working on and discovering. It's going to be about the ways I am healing and have healed myself. And it's also going to share ways, I am going to share ways that you can heal yourself. Because no matter how much pain you're in, no matter how anxious or depressed we can get, we can always sit in the ice. We can find ways to sit in the ice. 
And so I invite you to join me on this journey and explore what this looks like. And you can share your short stories with me. You can send me your questions, maybe different topics that you'd like to cover. Shoot them over to my email, aljezik, that's J-E-Z, like zebra, I-C, like Charlie, K at marotzkoforge.com, M-O-R-O-Z-K-O-F-O-R-G-E.com. You can find me on Instagram at Adrian underscore Jezik. You can find me on Facebook at Adrian Jezik. You can also find me on YouTube under Marotzko Forge, where I share some tips and tricks that have helped me get this far. But I'm always interested in learning more, and I'm open to hearing what you have to say as well. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to my story. And I look forward to talking to you again.